This podcast is sponsored by Colcatel Collective, a strategic sales and marketing firm representing a highly curated portfolio of emerging beverage brands from non-alcoholic wine and spirits all over the world, such as Apolog Liquors, Kuro Distillery, Madre Mezcal, Norden Aquavie, Reinhold Distillery, Something and Nothing, and West 32 Soju. Welcome to and Process Podcast, where we share inspiring conversations with trailblazers in all industries. Hey guys, welcome to this episode of In Process Podcast. This is our very first episode and just wanted to give you a little summary of what you can expect. Um, we're going to go through some quick introductions for the team, discuss why the name In Process, and share a brief explanation of the transition from the Kimchi Kids podcast to In Process. And we'll jump into a group discussion, shedding a little light on who we are individually and as a team. So to get going, why don't we start with a little quick introduction. My name is Thomas. I was born in Seoul and have been living here in Chicago pretty much my entire life. I am also a restaurateur here at Perilla Korean American Fair. Hey guys, my name is Andy. Uh, born here in Chicago, been here for most of my life as well, uh, close to 30 years. Um, and I've been a chef and restaurateur in Chicago for about four years now, five years now. My name is Mary. Uh, I was born in Daegu, South Korea, uh, but I grew up in Minneapolis and uh, have been in Chicago for about a year now. Um, I am a pastry cook at Kasama. My name is Angeline. I am from Guam. I've lived in Chicago for about three years and I am also in the restaurant industry. Awesome. To give you guys a little light on why we chose the name In Process, just to give you an understanding, um, we felt that as a team, the journey is just as important as the final destination. And we also believe that it's a state of mind. No matter where you are in your journey, it's always an evolving process. And to just touch on the transition, um, basically there was a difference of values and one thing led to another and a few of us parted ways and we're incredibly excited to restart this show uh, with a new energy, a new focus. The time away from you guys gave us a little time uh, to really hone in on what values we felt are incredibly important as a team. And so Mary's going to share with you our mission statement. So our mission statement, we believe in sharing stories of resilience and passion by providing a space for inspiring conversations with trail with trailblazers in all industries, for dreamers to find courage and be bold in their pursuits. Our hope is to strengthen community, foster connections, and pay it forward. Awesome. Uh, and so to give you a little bit more in-depth knowledge on who we are as a team individually, uh, we've prepared some questions that hopefully will give you a little bit more insight as to who we are. Angel, you want to start with the first question? I do. Okay. What does success in your life mean or look like? That's, That's a good a question. Good question, Angel. That's a great question. I know. 
Does uh, anybody want to take this one first? Yeah, I mean, I'll start it off. Um, I think for me, uh, I think the idea of success has changed, um, you know, throughout my life. When I was younger, it was, you know, a position of status or power or money. Um, you know, I was like a seven-year-old being like, I want to rule the world one day. Um, but like, you know, I think in my, you know, later, like most more recent years, I'd say over the last past uh, five to 10 years or so, um, it's become more of a, um, more than a financial uh, situation. It's more important for me to have peace and happiness in my life. Um, and that I'm learning is not found necessarily through financial gain. And, um, you know, the relationships that I've uh, created and nurtured over the years, I'm realizing are far more valuable to me and to, you know, who I am as a human being and my success uh, way more than, you know, power, status, or money. I love that. I would, I, I don't know if I have like a, a direct response. I think there's a lot to unpack with a question like this. I think for me, it's um, been kind of an evolving process in itself. Um, success is, it's it's being able to, I guess, move your target around a little bit. Um, for me, it's, it's constantly being able to manage my time. Um, I think that that's a big part of it for me. It's, it's, if I'm constantly chasing all of my projects, um, chasing time, you know, my personal time, um, I feel like that to me is like a sign of that I'm not, I'm, that I'm failing at something. And it's, it's, I can just, I feel like grabbing at every opportunity to do something, another project, another restaurant, another event, um, that, that, that doesn't translate to me as a sign of success. It's, it's managing all of that in a manner that is giving you the time and energy to succeed in all of those, uh, you know, tasks that you have or projects. That to me is an important part of success. So, I think success to me, to me, it, similarly, I think it it has changed. Um, like when you're a kid, what you think being successful is like in life. But I, I, I think things that I think of immediately would be um, loving what you do, um, finding fulfillment, um, finding balance. I think balance is really important. Um, success in life isn't just working and being successful in work. It's, it's balancing, um, being able to balance other things. I think that is what true success is, at least to me. I think being able to do the right thing and um, still be a good human <laughs> at the end of the day, whatever, whatever that means to you. Like, I think that's a huge part of it too. Like who you become and who you are in pursuit of money or power. Some of these other things, I think it, it can change you. And, and if you're a grump that just like puts bad energy and bad things out in the world, like I don't think that's success at all. And so I think when I think about that, there's a, when I think about success, there's a well-roundedness to who you are and what you're doing in all areas of life. 
Um, and I guess that's the way the word balance really comes to mind. But um, yeah, I, uh, what do you think, Anjo? Uh, I feel like it's kind of like a little bit of what everyone is saying, but that's like why it's so special for each person. But when I think of success, I think of fulfillment. And that takes me back to like, what do you value? So if you can think, right, of like the five top things that you value in your life that you would do if nobody was watching, if you didn't make money or get any like accolades or fame from it, if you take those five things and you can incorporate them into your daily life and really think about it and grow, then that's what success looks like to me. I love that. All right, jumping into our next question. Who is someone <clears throat> Who is someone who's taken you under their wing and helped you grow? Uh, I can go first here. I, um, you know, uh, through every episode that we've recorded in the past, I think that a common theme that we saw here um, was this idea that all these amazing people we have had the chance to sit down and meet and interview. Um, I would say most of them, if not all of them, you know, had some sort, had some form of mentorship in their life. And I feel like for me, um, I probably had a few mentors, um, but <clears throat> one, one really stood out for me, which was, which was uh, my old GM, Steve Tyndall. And uh, he's just one of those guys that really kind of like believed in my my dream. Um, you know, he was always confident and gave me confidence um, to do the work that I felt like I needed to do. Um, and I think a part of like having a a mentor like Steve in my life was grounding for me, and it was giving me. Uh, a resource really is what it was. It was a resource for for me to learn more from this person, um, have them challenge me, have them not not only just nurture my professional career, but also just like be able to be comfortable enough to kind of step into my personal life at times when he when he felt like that was needed. Um, I always felt a, a deep connection to him. I still feel connected to Steve, you know, throughout my career and. Um, the ability that now I can sit down with him and and just you know have a conversation like like you just didn't miss a day um, says a lot about like I think where we were in our relationship uh, professionally you know and personally so um, you know big shout out to to Steve Tyndall for you know always just like believing in me and giving me the tools that I needed to succeed. Yeah, I think um, I've been. Also very fortunate to um, have a mentor in my life. But I think, what episode was it um, that they said, or it was Jennifer uh, Kim from Paso Roto. But she said that her mentors were the people that she worked with. Yeah, the peers. Um, her, she learned the most from the, her peers than she did from, like, an older you know, generation mentor, um, you know, and I'm not discounting mine, Chris, uh, Chris Pendel. He was, he still is, um, and just a, a tremendous influence in my life. Um, uh, and he's done so much for me. He still does, uh, anytime I need 
help, assistance, guidance, advice, um, he's no hesitation um, as busy as he is. But more than that, I think, um, well, not more than that, but just as important, um, I think I've almost neglected to acknowledge the lessons I learned from the people that are I see on a, a more regular basis than Chris these days, and that's like, you and Alvin and, you know, like my, my family, like there's so much more that I can learn on a daily basis working with, you know, these incredible talented people um, versus, you know, once in a while when I'm, you know, stuck on something or I need, you know, chef advice or anything like that. Like um, uh, you guys have taught me so much, you know, uh, the last four or five years that we've been very intimately working close, close together. So I'd say that's whatever the answer to that question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I, lo I love that. <clears throat> I feel like I I have one person that comes to mind specifically. Um, they weren't really like a mentor per se, but when I lived in San Francisco and I was studying for my certified sommelier, I worked with Jenna, and she is mad genius. Like. Jenna. She's been here. Jenna right? Basaldo. Yeah. yeah, she's been here. But she's just that kind of person who always has energy, is always doing a project. She teaches, like, so she would do blind tasting and help me study. And she just was always on it and she always had fun, which is something I really admired. But like going back to what you're saying, Andy, of like you're because like that wasn't really like a mentor mentor, but thinking about the people that are around you as mentors. I think is a big thing and that's why it's so important to surround yourself with people that are better than you and they can inspire you and teach you like even just like sitting down here and like you know when I say mentor I could say Thomas which is like a little corny but watching even the both of you with all the projects that you have going on and like having time to do the podcast and like hang out with people. I just think that like keeping your circle, keeping the people in your circle where you like really admire, I think it's like every day I learn from you guys. So, Yeah. <laughs> Mary, anything to add to that? Yeah. I'm tr trying to think. I feel like in different seasons, you know, you, if you're hungry for it, you can always find ways to grow and learn, whether it is by your peers or older people. I think someone in particular from my last job comes into mind when it comes to like, especially the phrase, like take, take someone who's taking you under their wing. Um, <clears throat> Susan was um, a copywriter. And I think one of the qualities that's really crazy that maybe all of us have sort of touched on is finding someone who believes in you more than you believe in yourself, I think, um, in seasons. And, um, you know, that pushes you and challenges you to grow, uh, maybe in ways that you're too scared to or things you haven't thought of. Um, and, yeah, I guess she, she like, really saw something in me in, in terms of wanting to, or be, being in food writing. And so actually on my last day in Minnesota she bought me a journal and was like this is for future food writing Mary um just to see just to keep your notes and um yeah just someone who talks to you about professional things but I do think the personal things are important too and who you are across all those um realms um how you make decisions being able to stand up for the right things when you need to 
um, those are all qualities I guess I, I look up to you and I have a certain respect and admiration for. So, yeah. I love that. <clears throat> I also want to add, like I just, uh, when Andy was saying and, and Anjo, you know, I feel like these days, like, you know, Steve is not in my life anymore. And I feel like it, it is incredibly important. Like both of you already touched on finding inspiration from the people that are you're working with or allow in your life every single day. Um, and I feel like those mentors today are, are, you know, some of the people sitting at this table. So I love that. I also want to explain for anyone that's listening <clears throat> uh, to this episode, um, the noises in the background that you're going to hear, <laughs> like the police car that just drove by. It's life. Um, it's all a recording. The, the phone, screaming in the, the background. Yeah. <laughs> the phone's going off. Um, to give you a little light on what's happening is we are recording um, this in our restaurant. Perilla here in downtown Chicago. And because of that, you'll hear phones. You might hear a sous chef singing, dancing, screaming in the back. Um, so just be prepared for that. And uh, you can find this full-length YouTube video on our YouTube channel as well. So you can watch it, you know, not live, but you can watch the show and see our restaurant and get a feel for this. And we'll be recording here in the future with all of our guests. So, so Perilla, if you're listening... <laughs> 401 North Milwaukee. Um, but just wanted to maybe welcome you to the new set and um, to our space, our home. Um, feel very lucky that we can do this here. Um, and I just feel like it's feels right. Feels good. Feels good. Uh, Andrew, do you want to take the next question? Yes. Um, what has been the most recent lesson that has grounded you in your work? Ooh. 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 Oh, I have a good, a good, good. Yeah. Um, so this is actually great timing for this question. Uh, we just recently, Thomas and I recently went to Camp Chosun, uh, which is, Mary, do you want to talk about it? Yeah. Um, camp Chosun is a camp for Korean American youth. Um, a lot of the kids attending are um, have some sort of connection to adoption, uh, whether their parents are Korean adoptees or they're Korean adoptees themselves. And so just a space where you can really feel safe and comfortable being who you are, uh, finding belonging, um, finding a little oasis between Korea and America and wherever you feel like you land in, in that. So. Yeah, so it was uh, very um, humbling and inspiring to see this um Kind of safe sp uh, space for these kids who needed that sense of belonging, and I'm sure all of us have had um, that feeling at one point in our lives where uh, we felt like we didn't belong. And I definitely got that sense there. And when they were all gathered there, everyone was so I don't know, like just comfortable and free. It felt like, and um, just you know, it was just a very um, uh, big, I, I would say a milestone in my career almost where um, I just got to finally, uh, like my work that I've been doing, um, I got to share it in a, in a very uh, cool way that I never thought I'd be able to. So I love that. <clears throat> 
This is going to sound very counter. So something that grounds me in work, I think it's easy to get caught up in the go, 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 like just keep working. Um, and I think actually this sounds crazy, but I got COVID recently and taking the time away um, and just finding things that refresh me to be able to give my best and not just give my best at work, but give my best to the people. Like so much of work, I think, is working your hardest, putting the best product out, being perfect again and again and again in your work, but not neglecting the people around you and not just being a jerk, you know, being someone who's who's going to help someone out when something spills in the walk-in. And, you know, um, I, so I, not not to say that I'm perfect and I do that all the time, but I think being away, taking breaks, being finding things that refresh you is so important to be able to give your all when you are at work. Is there something in particular like that you did that you were like, man, I haven't done this in a while. This makes me feel good. Well, I think like being in nature um, always kind of brings me back. Um, it's it's, again, kind of a humbling thing to be like, oh, like I'm so small. To, I, uh, I have a friend who always says, like, I love to go places where I feel small, like whether it's Grand Canyon or like you're next to a huge waterfall and just be brought back to being realizing. Yeah. Um, just Tumbling. The, yeah, yeah. yeah, for sure. I love that. Um, Angela, do you want to share your answer on that? Um, what has been the most recent lesson that has grounded me? Uh, I, I would say it's like on the same line as Mary. It's taking the time for yourself. I think growing up, I was always very talkative and I always wanted to be around people. And now in my life, I find the opposite where I get like a little anxious and I need to be alone. And it's like something that I'm getting used to because I, I don't feel like that's how I perceive myself, but I just know as I, as I grow right now in my life, I'm like, I need that time to just sit and be quiet. So I think self-awareness is a huge thing for me, taking time to think about like, how am I showing up in my life? How am I showing up for myself, showing up for others and just having accountability checks is super grounding because the way that I see myself, maybe others aren't seeing me that way or maybe I'm overthinking it. So I think just taking the time to do do the work, whether it's like journaling or meditating, that is a, that's been thing grounding me lately. Um, <clears throat> I would say for me, it's like the focus is really shifted. Um, I think watching my peers now um, as an owner operator of, of our own business, <clears throat> I can kind of like look and see who's out there just building up to build up, who's, you know, um, working hard to stay in the limelight maybe. Um, but then there are a few outliers out there that have really inspired me um, and their work has been the lesson for me. And that is to work hard to continue doing what we're doing, growing, but all the while making time to pay things forward. And I feel like that's kind of like where I feel like my, um, my stage of my life, um, where I am as a tree uh, today is to really just kind of like create some shade for the generations to come. And I think that 
a big part of my focus these days is really um, trying to make time in my calendar to do things that will have an impact on the next generation, which includes this show. This includes my day-to-day work, um, events that me and Andy are like, you know, curating or, you know, working together with. Um, A big part of that is always like to have a focus on like what this is going to do for somebody, right? And at the end of the day, it's like, we've been fortunate and grand, you know, incredibly grateful to be where we are. Um, and it's important that we set up the next generation to do that. So yeah, that would be my lesson. You know, it was a really cool kind of result of our last podcast. Um, and it almost is why, uh, even after that ended, I still wanted to continue and, Uh, be a part of this podcast was um, the people that got inspired through listening to those episodes when I thought no one was listening at all, you know, and, and it's not like we have millions of followers (laughs) yet, yet, but um, just the fact that, you know, the three people that listened were inspired by it. And one of them actually works here now from Georgia, which is crazy. Um, like how how that even how that even like became a reality to me is just like bonkers, right? And like, um, and that's just one of many stories that we've had uh, right. that people have been impacted, uh, and people will like text me, be like, dude, I just listened to this episode <laughs> with, you know, um, Danny and uh, Angel from Anju and da da da. But and it's like, what? Like, how did you even come across that? You know and um, it's just it's just really cool to see the impact that it has, um, you know, and it, not, it may not be a global impact, but even if it inspires, you know, even that one person and change one person's uh, uh, trajectory, you know, that's awesome. You know, it's really, really cool to be a part of something like that. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> that leads us into our next question, Andy, actually. Um, oh. Just impactful moments. So. Has there been an impactful moment in your life that's changed the trajectory of your life or changed the way you live? Um, has there been a particular time? I mean, so many. So, so many. Um, but I'd say, like, uh, I mean, I can get tragic here, but... I'm going to get tragic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know if you're thinking what I'm thinking, yeah. but... Um, but I'll I'll save that for another day, I think. Um, I think when I started cooking, that changed my life, um, professionally. Like, it's, it was, um, like, I don't know, I was just, I found my, my peace and my happiness through cooking. And it was, um, just being in it and learning, um, just the small things, right? Showing up to work on time, being disciplined, putting in more effort than is asked of you. Um, you know, just like those little lessons that I took for granted growing up actually had to apply in this setting in the kitchen. And like, if I wasn't on top of my shit, if I wasn't, you know, um, constantly trying to improve and I was a new guy. So you're going to be, or back then you were constantly just crushed by everyone else. Um, so I just learned like, I had to work harder than everyone else, you know, and um, it was this, I don't even know why I kept doing this. It was because I love it, but 
but like it was so it was so demoralizing and so hard like physically exhausting mentally exhausting like soul crushing like i would fail every single day every every day and on top of that everyone around me would tell me i sucked <laughs> and they're just like why are you doing this it's like this is never going to get better right um and the work part of it they were right but the perspective part was different you know and that's where i evolved and changed and learned like you nothing great comes easy and and you know that lesson i continue to learn even today you know like tom and i keep wondering when the hard part stops <laughs> it just <laughs> doesn't end you know and the 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 further up we go the more responsibility we have and and yeah just it's more it's exhausting but i think we've at least learn to find some harmony in in how we live um and balancing the the personal time and the work time and all the in between um but yeah that's one thing um i i've got a story about this um as far as the impact moment um one thing that comes to mind was when i was in my uh 20s i was climbing the let's call it corporate ladder at the restaurant um, and I feel like I was just knocking these, these checklists off. Like I was, I was on a roll and I felt probably like most people in their twenties, cocky, um, incredibly confident, uh, a little bit of hubris at times. Um, and I remember, you know, I went through this <clears throat> phase of my life where, um, I started just kind of doing things outside of my comfort zone. And one time, one day, a friend of mine asked me if I wanted to go and backpack uh, Yosemite National Park. And I had never backpacked before. Um, I knew I loved nature, um, but I was never into like the camping and the outdoorsy stuff as I am today. But I said yes on a whim. Um, you know, I was making good money. So I remember <laughs> just going to REI and just like splurging on everything. And like as an Asian dude, just like love tech stuff, any gear related things. I, you know, started getting nerding out with, with those things. Um, but I went up to Yosemite and we did this hike. And uh, when we were planning this hike, I remember we were just so pumped at the idea that we were going to summit El Capitan, which is um, an incredible, one of the coolest um, mountains in Yosemite National in the valley. Um, a lot of famous rock climbers go up this the hard way we went the the easier way but we were we were backpacking it up and it was like a week-long trip it was my first time and I just remember um you know where I was in my state of mind at that time in my life in my career and then just getting crushed by this mountain like this was one of the hardest things I had ever ever set out to do and what's crazy is that when you're out there there's no turning back <laughs> like there really there's really no way of saying like all right i'm gonna go back to the car i'll see you guys <laughs> in a week right like you just you can't bail out and we're like i think day three or day four you know i'm tired i'm you know just exhausted and um i didn't think i was gonna finish like my legs were just giving out at this point we had one more day to get to the top um and it was just in such an incredibly difficult day. It was in the middle of July. So it's really, really hot in the valley. And you're not supposed to be doing these like high altitude hikes up there. 
Um, but I remember getting to the top of the mountain that one day and I remember standing there and looking down across the valley and seeing Half Dome and seeing the entire national park just from end to end, you know, that moment set in to me that there are so many more mountains to climb in life that I was just getting started. And I felt like it was an incredibly humbling experience. And I, so I totally connect with, you know, your friend that was mentioning how they like feeling small in the world because I think so many of us get wrapped up in the bullshit of life and we're always like feeling like the world is revolving around us at times, whether you want to believe it or not. Um, and we have these like little hissy fits throughout the day, like frustrations and these immediate reactions to like why things are not going the way they're supposed to or my way. And I think like getting out there and being at the mercy of nature and being, you know, feeling that vulnerable and understanding that nature in itself is such a powerful and dangerous thing as much as much as it is a beautiful, you know, positive thing in life. Um, it always reminds me every time I look out into the ocean and I, and I, and I just think about that riptide, like all these moments in my life that have really kind of shook me and reminded me how fragile my life is, how, how small I am and how insignificant I am in this thread of like this big, you know, beautiful thing that's called life. And I'm just like a fragment of it, right? Like I'm just like this little rock spinning in the middle of nowhere. So that was my moment. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> Does anyone else? Uh... Uh, yeah, I have one. Um, an impactful moment that has changed the trajectory of my life would definitely have to be when my dad passed away a few years ago. And I think it's interesting because sometimes it's like weird to talk about, but there are a lot of cultures who value death just as much as life and there's beautiful stories about celebrating somebody's life um and not being sad by it because i think it's like memento mori is like remember you have to die like it's not happy or sad it just it is what it is and basically I feel like I was this person and then I like completely changed and I had no control of it, which is wild to me. And there's like a few lessons that I learn and I carry with me. And the first is like, love is the most important thing. It's like, you can do, have all these accomplishments and and yet, like, if you're a good person and you care about the people around you, that is more memorable than what you've achieved. And the other lesson is, like, life is uncertain. So if I feel, like what you said, frustrated with what's happening today, like, the power just turned off at the movie theater two out of the three hours of the oh, movie. Oh, no. What tragedy. <laughs> yeah, tragedy. <laughs> but there's, like, so many little things in our life where we react, and then it's just, like, it's not that big of a deal. And I think that when you remember that life is uncertain, 
it's not short, it's not long, nobody knows, but it's beautiful, it's uncertain. And if you carry that with you, then I think you make better decisions. I love that. For sure. Yeah, it's like, I, I very much agree. It's like, tomorrow is, I, I carry that with me all the time, is tomorrow is not guaranteed. You know, like, so tell your loved ones you love them. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. It got dark, Andrew. Oh. Not, it's not dark, it's though. Yeah, yeah, oh, right? It was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was beautiful. I'm like, it's not. <laughs> it's, it's, it's good. <laughs> it's the only thing that's promised. Yeah. yeah. To the universe death, we go. Death and taxes. I feel like my, my time that, like, changed a lot of things. Is, uh, the thing that I think about is more recent. It's how I ended up in Chicago, even. Um, but um, I think la- it was about it was last year in the spring. Um, I took a trip to New York, and I don't know if I was just living under a rock or something. But I didn't know all the things going on in New York with Jongshik and a lot of these big Korean restaurants um, and Korean voices. Um, being represented in the in industry um and I think uh it shook me to my core in that I think so for listeners for those who don't know I'm adopted so I was raised by a white family in Minnesota and I think there's just been a lot of pieces of connecting to Korea and um like it's been a part of my life and it's definitely been a process of it's evolved and changed through the years but um I think I always thought like I, ca- I could never own a Korean restaurant people will think I'm a fraud like I was raised by white parents I don't have my mom's kimchi and my mom's recipe like no one's I, I never felt Korean enough around other Koreans and so um just call it Korean American <laughs> get away with it. yeah yeah um and so it was interesting because I guess in this season of time, like last spring, there's just just watching different, um, meeting different people and watching people emerge. So seeing Yangban and seeing an adoptee woman own a Korean restaurant um, and reading about that. And then going to New York, going to Brooklyn and, and meeting Alice at Hana and seeing just like Korean American girl doing her own thing, like sharing her story and realizing that we're in a day and age or a time in a space where you can be Korean and American and share that with the world and you can create what you like. You don't, you're not stuck in this. It has to be traditional. Um, you look at Lee Say and NG Lee and you look at French technique, Korean flavors, pastries, and, but it's in New York. And I think just to realize all of who you are can be put out there. Um, it was so exciting. And I, I like sat on it, thought about it. I couldn't, I would wake up in the middle of the night and like, be like, oh my gosh, this is so crazy. Like, and just to feel represented. Like, and I think I feel like I have a weird story too, because I grew up with a lot of Korean things. So like, yes, being able to taste the nurungji, the toasted rice flavor in this sorbet that also is, you know, different things like that. It's like, I relate to that. That takes you home. That like one of the beautiful beautiful things about food like food everyone has to eat but also it evokes like deep emotion like you can feel so comforted you can be brought to different times and places through food and so just to have all of that and to feel so represented like just as in the same way that as a kid you I always like rooted for the Asian character on like shows and stuff I'm like yay representation like to feel represented in food felt amazing 
And I actually, that's how I ended up moving. I, I just knew I wanted to be a pla- in a place where that was possible. And I, I so like I was looking at different cities and just being able to travel and see what was out there and be like, I, wa- I want to be part of this. I want to watch it happen. I like, I didn't realize this was happening. So that was definitely a big impact full moment for me. Love that. <clears throat> and we're Andrew. glad you came to Chicago. <laughs> hey, Anjo. What's up? You got another question there? I sure do. Um, what's this is kind of like steering it. This is kind of steering it. Um, maybe we go with these questions. But just ask What's something you've watched or consumed recently that inspired you? Could be a movie, could be a book, could be a show. Yeah. I, I can jump on this real quick and uh, say that I've been reading, um, still reading, um, Will Gadara's book. Um, it is called Unreasonable Hospitality. And I... I think this is such an important book of our time because so to give a little light, you know, I've um, spent some time. um, I've been I've spent some time in this industry and for a long part of my youth, I wanted to be a cook and I tried my hand at it. I did. I worked on the sushi line for a year and learned that I would rather host a party than cook it. And so for the majority of my career, I've been in the front of house and I've always looked at, at chefs, right. Um, as kind of like a, an inspiration, right. A wall of inspiration for me. And it's so rare to come across, um, these books that are written for the front of house, right. For hospitality. And, you know, there's a few books out there that, that, are definitely staples. And the one I grew up with was setting the table by Danny Meyer. And so I've always admired, um, there was a point in my career that I wanted to move to New York and was like, I wanted to work for Danny Meyer. I wanted to work for Union Square Hospitality Group. I wanted to be in the fold of somebody that I felt really understood what we were doing. Um, and so to have his predecessor, um, his student, come out and um, release this book it's I think it's I think it's incredible I think that whether you're in the front of house or you're the back of house or you're in business or you're in anything that you're doing I think this book relates to you I think that there's something that you can take from this book because it's not just like a memoir right there's just so much information in this book that every time I pick it up and I put it down I feel like I'm walking away with something different from it and I feel like um, it's been awesome to see, you know, I've encouraged Andy to read it and, and he's probably already done with it by now at this point, but it's, it's fascinating to me that when we went to the welcome conference together, I think that there was a little bit of Andy saying like, Hey, this is a front of house thing. Like, what am I going to get from this thing? And to see his response and reaction to that conference, to see, you know, Jason Hamill out there on the stage completely letting himself be vulnerable to all of these amazing peers that are in this industry and talk about just subjects that like are difficult to touch on. And 
I think that that's what like this book is about. It's it's not a just it's not like singular, right? It's 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 fairly comprehensive, and it's there's, you know, like anything in life, a tool, you know, you you get what you what you you what you you know put, I guess like you know, someone could just take something and be like, oh, this is just that. But like someone else could take out that same tool and be like, oh, this is great. Like I can use it for this, this, this. It's like anything, right? It's like how you go into something is just as important as what you're going into. Um, and so I think because of my eagerness and like that kind of notion to myself that I'm looking for something here, it's been proven to be incredible and, and helpful and useful in so many ways that I just like, I put the book down and I'm like, I can't wait to share this with my team, you know, so... That's that's such a good book. It's about it. what you were saying is like anybody can read it. It's essentially about service, which can be found in every job. Right. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I love the um, just the title itself is so clever. Unreasonable hospitality. It's the it, the idea of it. Um, Will Godero was um, thinking about like how. Cr- fucking crazy chefs are and like how how psychotic the kitchen is and the demands that you make of your team um and then even the front of house like what the chef expects them to to uh execute in the front of house and um you know it's always been you know since the beginning like uh the chef can be a fucking psycho nut and you know we must abide right but his whole thinking on it was like turning it that into a positive thing and because will is a psycho as well yeah but making it like why can't you why can't you apply that same incredibly high expectation to hospitality not just the product right it's like can you provide and go out of your way and be unreasonable with the level of hospitality and service that you can provide to your guests and i thought that was such a just a smart, such a smart way and perspective to look at what we do um, as being in the industry or, or just in service in, in, in any form. Um, and I've never seen or heard that before. And we've been in this industry for how long, right? And like, you know, we, we talk about it and we practice it and we want to be that. But like for now that we'll put it in a book and made it really crystal clear, like it's, yeah, it's been I, I don't want to use that, but that was incredibly inspiring to read as well. <laughs> Selfless service. Yeah. Selfless service. Um, I mean, this isn't about the industry, but the show alone, I'm just, <laughs> it's so interesting. And it, it gets, it does get tied back to what we talk about, about how there are all these people and they're living their lives in their own special and different way. And then you have us in the restaurant industry. You have people that are in politics. You have people that are out living in the wilderness um, without any electricity and like running water, plumbing. And it just reminds me that whatever you do, whatever you choose, just give it your all. And also... You don't really need much to be happy. 
What show is this? Alone. Oh, Alone. Oh, you oh, breezed sorry, over I, I that. Yeah. I was going to say, you said the show. And I, the show Alone. I miss? Oh, yeah, 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 uh, yeah. What is it on? What is it's Alone on? It's Alone, and it's, <laughs> on, on, Netflix. it's on Netflix. It's on Netflix now. Netflix. Yeah. But it, it was originally on, like... I think Hulu. No, it was, like was, the, it was like it was the travel, yeah, travel or, or like or like one of those one of those so discovery. What, so it's like twelve people. They get dropped off in the middle of nowhere in like Canada. I mean, it's, it changes. It's Canada. It's Alaska. Canada. Yeah, all over. They've done a couple different locations. Yeah, and they are supposed to survive alone. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I I will say that I want to add to that because like so, Andrew and I watch this show. We just finished a new one. Um, I everything. One thing that Andrew said when we when we watched this show is mm. like she loves the show because and I'm gonna paraphrase here, but it's and, reality and TV. It's reality TV, which is always like based on some Drama. nonsense bullshit, right? They just want like, ooh, what did he say to her? You know, and it's like they're always bringing out the worst in people. Yes. And the show alone is a reality show, but it brings out the best in people. I love that, which is what I love. It's not like priding itself on who's banging who, who's like rude to this guy or right. like what the hot gossip is or like it's yeah. about. It's not a cheap laugh. It's not a cheap laugh. It's like these people are figuring out how to use their body and mind and you just see it bring out the best in them and you hear the things that they say about like the beauty in life and of nature and you're just, it's just really yeah. cool to kind of indulge in TV yeah, it's like sends a really positive message. Yeah, I love that one. <laughs> we don't, we can get off this, but it, there's that one one guy that like uh, it was in the beginning of the show, and he's out there and he's just like I don't know building his house and whatever, and he's just like he's like it's probably like day twenty, and so everyone's getting restless. And some people are starting to give up, and he's just like everyone has been on the show has like said how alone they are, and he's like how could they feel alone out here? He's like, I'm surrounded by nature and life is all around me. And it's happening like every waking moment I'm out here and I'm just a part of it now. And I thought that was like- We're so like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a lot of great stuff. That one woman on the show is just, she, she's like, could be a yogi. Like she's just so like, yeah. I don't know, in Zen. And, and just she's 57 so and she's crushing she's it. Crushing it so. yeah. Anything from the from the you guys on stuff you've read or watched or so mine is actually a YouTube series, but um, it's oh gosh, I, is it Mystery Menu? It's Sola and Ham on the New York Times cooking yes. channel. Big shout out um, to those two. Yeah, and I think uh, <laughs> watching well, watching Sola grow so She's much, having her be like in the behind this or like be the person that the star chef on Bon Appetit like didn't know what to do when something went wrong and they were like, Solo, what do I do? Like watching her from there to then everything exploded at Bon Appetit and um, having her stand up for herself, just watching her whole journey. Um, and then seeing her get like the ancient times and she was making these ancient recipes and just her personality. Um, she's so, so fun. Um, and now to see her in ham and... Um, I, I don't watch a lot of TV. I don't watch a lot of things. And so when I got COVID, I just binged everything. I like watched her and Priya and like the gingerbread house. They like made a, they make gingerbread house every year. And last year they did a ho the home alone house, which was pretty fun. Yeah, we saw that. Um, and then, but just all of the mystery items and seeing the creative menus, it's definitely like lighthearted and just easy, easy to watch. Um, and so, 
yeah, I think that's been, she's been an inspiration in who she is. So yeah, Sola, if you're listening to this, if you would like to join the M Process podcast, please yeah. reach out. Uh, not join, but be a guest. <laughs> Sorry, on. Yes, be a guest. Be a guest. <laughs> we can make room. We can make room. No, but that's the beauty of this gear. We were watching a review on this, the podcast gear, and it's like, uh-huh. it's the perfect gear to travel with. Put it in your backpack and go. <laughs> Yeah, so, so Sola and Ham are going to come. Are they in New York or are they in LA? They're in New York. New York. Yeah. New York. They okay. live in that. So. East Village, I think. But the, the show, is, show is awesome. If you guys haven't seen it, mm. check it out. It's a great show. They do a three-course menu it. with like everything from Hot Pockets, I think, to coffee beans. And yeah, there's <clears> been some fun secret ingredients. The best part is so when, they, when Sola's drawing I the menu. Her, I love yeah. her drawing. That's the best. They're always, yes. they're always and incredible. I love how she's like, cocktail time. And she's like, <laughs> she's like, yes. like a cocktail. Sola is someone I want to hang with. Oh, you for know? sure. And Ham, too. Ham, Ham looks like he's just <laughs> chilling. You don't, to, you don't have to say it. He's not listening. Like, <laughs> we love you, too, Ham. Don't worry. <laughs> Watch. We get an email from both of them. They're like, oh, man. Um, Ham does not like the show. Um, yeah, I guess another question, though, um, I think paying it forward, giving it back, that's definitely been a theme we've talked about here on the podcast. And so I guess for each of us, like, why is it important to give back? Gratitude. That's why. Because we're here. Because we're recording a podcast. Because we have decisions, right? I was just talking about this with Andrew yesterday. You know, my three words of gratitude every morning. Um my one of my words yesterday was was like decisions. Sorry, <laughs> I like, thought you forgot. I forgot. I was like, um, but it was decisions, and it was like to expand on that. It's like that I am grateful that I am in a position in my life to be able to make decisions because not everyone is even given that luxury, you know. And then we take that for granted every day. Like we take all these things for granted so much and you know it's going back to that yosemite trip like when i got home and i was able to flip a fucking switch for light and move a piece of metal and all of a sudden hot water was coming out of my sink like those little things you get reminded as you're out there at the mercy of like boiling your water and heating up your food and like making sure you're rationing enough food for yourself for like eight days out there like all these little things like that's why i love that i feel like it grounds me and it recenters my focus in life and like you know we're like especially at that time in my career I was like pouring like you know beautiful burgundies and opening Bordeaux and like like living and surrounding in like vanity of like high-end glassware and expensive whiskeys and you know and it's like selling expensive plates of like you know tasting menus and, and dishes and like gratitude is the foundation on which I want to stand on for the rest of my life. And I think that paying it forward is a reminder to yourself. It's your duty. It is your responsibility as someone that has been so privileged in life and given so much to make sure you're giving as much back. So I feel, yeah, I feel like that's the word I was going to say was duty, duty. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) no but really is like I think it's for it's that right in between of for everything that I didn't have and for everything that I had the reason that it's important to give back is because all of the tools and the things that I wish I had when I was younger like the mentor that I maybe not have had the the 
piece, you know, the, the person that I could go to or the lessons that I could have learned more easily from childhood. Um, so yeah, taking everything that I didn't have, um, and then being grateful for what I do, that's the reason why it's important to give back and kind of like that saying of like, if you can, then you should, then you must. You must. You must. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I agree. It's, uh, I, of course I do. <laughs> I disagree. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. There was uncertainty there. It was like, hey. uh, yeah. No, um, but it's, I don't know. It's like, uh, it's part of being a human being, I think, right? Like, I don't know. Not for everyone, man. I know, but it fucking should be. Yeah. Like if you, if you, if you like, no matter what state in life you are, I feel like there's someone who's in a worse state. Absolutely. And yeah, it's just like, it's just, it's just part of being a human. It's like, you have to, it's how we got here by people helping people, you know? And I think it's just crazy to think it's not a part of who we are. Um, But, you know, I'm just, I sound like an asshole, don't I? Mm-hmm. Like, don't sound like one. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. I don't know. I just it's it seems. I mean, and again, my my, I grew up in a religious household. My dad was a minister, so like it's always been a part of like my upbringing. But like uh, even as an adult, it's it seems very much. And and with the our community too, right? Like like uh, Bill Kim and Juan and. You know, these, the, the people we're connected with are also, um, and Howard Bailey, right? They yeah. think along the same lines as, as we do. And it's it's not a question, right? And it's not like, oh, my God, you're such a good person. It's just like, yeah, we need to do this. Are you, you know, and let's, let's work together on making this happen, you know, right. year over year. And um, however we can contribute, we should. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I just, it seems like it's a very obvious yeah. thing. Like as generations go by, I think about the things that my grandma was able to do. And I think about what my mom was able to do. And then us. us. It's just like maybe the reason why it's so important is because. Like one of your recent, most recent uh, good friends is artificial intelligence. Yeah. Yeah. And just. There's an article about that. Second partner it's gonna in take life. away. Could you imagine your grandmother? Chad GPT. Right? Like finally someone I get along with. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally gets me. Yes. Um no, but it just like reminds me of like when you particularly when you three share your your I mean, yeah, when you share your stories about how, you know, people can come into the restaurant or like the Korean American that like space between, it just reminds me of like the reason that we do it is so maybe somebody doesn't have to feel the way that I felt. Right. Right. Maybe they go straight to feeling free and like, maybe they take that for, for granted, but like good for them that they have that space that they can find something else to be grateful for, you know? Yeah. I love that. Mary. I feel like you guys covered so much. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess I really feel like when you take a look at your life, when you like sit down and reflect, like you have, I have been given so much and how can I not share that? Like share the wealth. Um, And I think, yeah, I liked what you said, Andrew, about um, like 
you do it for like this younger version of yourself. Like I think sometimes I feel like when you give, you you still end up receiving more than you feel like you gave. Um, but yeah, doing it for like fighting for what you wish you had or what you did have that you know not everyone has. I think that's something that I see a lot. Like um, just wanting to be able to be a resource. I think that's one thing I see in my life a lot, um, being a connection point for people, whether it's to Korea or to other people and just being able to share opportunities. I think that's huge. Um, realizing that it's not equal out there for everyone. So doing what you can um, to give into that um, for sure. I love that. What's so we're all in the restaurant industry, hospitality industry. Uh, what's something you wish your guest or customer knew? <clears throat> wow. And I, I only have one thing I can say here. Um, okay. I'm, I know, I know what I want to, I'm going to give a huge shout out here. I'm going to give him a shout out. He's not going to listen to this episode. Um, but wow. sh shout out to my business partner, Alvin King, who he's, he's going to listen to he it now to that his every name episode. is in it. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like he he's critiqued every single episode. Yeah. Like it sucks. Um, here's, what I'll, here's what I'll say. Alvin shared a podcast with me. Um, and uh, I'm sure going to draw a blank on his name. So please forgive me. But the podcast is held by the founder of Check Please. Um, I want to say it's David Manilo. Manilo. So David has a podcast here in Chicago and he's interviewing other in industry professionals. And uh, on one episode specifically that I'm, I'm alluding to was with Luke, one of the uh, founders of a restaurant group here in Chicago. Um, and Luke said something that was really inspiring for me in regards to customer reviews. And I thought it was so beautifully said that I want to kind of paraphrase it to some degree of my memory. So it was something along the lines of this, the restaurant business in itself is a service focused business. Okay. Our number one goal in as a, as a restaurant is to give you a beautiful space with trained professionals that are keeping you safe, that are, keeping you feeling warm and welcomed, guided, taken care of throughout the entire experience, right? Like that is our goal. Like we never have a goal. We never start the night with like, by the way, guys, tables 22 and 43 tonight are just going to get standard service, right? Like we aim for a touchdown on every single table, okay? And with all the work and needless to say money that goes in to operate a business, um, with that goal in mind, for that business, that industry to be critiqued so hard, so harshly, so unapologetically, like, this is what I think about so-and-so's diner like like the 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 harsh critics out there like this this whole business is set around the idea of trying to make you happy like the the aim is to please 
like where we find differences, that's on you, right? If you're not happy with a place, then all you need to do is not support it. All you need to do is not go there because you don't align with the same values or, you know, your, your ideals of what a experience should be. That's fine. But I think what Luke's kind of defense was, was like, why does the restaurant industry deserve this? Like our only goal is to make you happy, right? Like, let's not forget that. Like that is our number one goal every single night. Every time we seat somebody at a table, our goal is to like, this person's going to leave here full, feeling like he's like a warm hug, right? And just taken care of. Like we want people to come here and have a great time. But this industry has all these like review sites and has all these things. And it's like, there's people out there that are just like, and, and, and I'm talking professionals too. Like, let's not leave them off the table here. Like I'm talking newspaper critics, right? Um, you know, editorial critics for publications that are national outside of just local newspapers. Like there's some pretty you know, nasty reviews that have closed businesses down. And I'm not saying every restaurant out there and every owner and every operator, every, every server that you've had bartender is perfect, right? Like I get that. Like, but there are good ones and there's a lot of them. In fact, the majority of the people that are like working in here because they care, because they want to, right? That's not to say we're perfect. Even, even as Andy and I, like we're not perfect here. Like, unfortunately, cracks, you know, occur, you know, things slip through the cracks and, and I get that. But like our goal is never to like ruin your day. You know, like the worst restaurant of my life, like Jesus, you know, like really like that's kind of like maybe they need to hear the first part of our group conversation here, you know, about gratitude and understanding that. And it's like, I just thought it was really interesting that Luke put that out there because it's a beautiful perspective and a reminder to us that it's like, yeah, you know what? We don't deserve that. Like, I don't deserve to wake up every morning and see my Yelp notification and my Google business review notification go on my phone and like I have to listen to some bullshit from somebody that just had a really bad day and decided that like their mission was to go out there and just trash our business like the the livelihood of people that are dependent on this like this industry I think we all learned after COVID is such a fundamental part of this country it's a huge portion of our GDP there are countless countless people that depend on the livelihood their paycheck working in the service industry and it's like for people to be so harsh and so impatient you know like homeboy yesterday at the theater that's like one person one person only working this whole line it's just like yeah there's one person dude and he's doing the best he can he didn't make the schedule like or did he maybe he did <laughs> <laughs> he's like paying for it now <laughs> um Tuesday but night. you know at the end of the day it's like just wait you I, know i and think like, what you're I like two things come up for me when you say that is like the stress part of me comes in and says like, I'm here to like provide you a warm, like, yeah, like what you said, like I'm here to like tell you about the menu, tell you about who we are, guide your experience, make sure that you have everything you need. But like, I'm not here to, to make you happy. Like I can't do that, which and I, what I mean by that is, like, I can do my job to my best ability, but I'm not in charge of, like, how you feel. And I think that 
it's very easy to go to the DMV or like go to the store, go to any other service related job and have like a positive experience and be happy or have a negative experience and be happy. But like when you go to a restaurant and you don't get your way or you don't get that off menu item that they never offered you, you're upset. Right. So as much as like, I want to give and I want to give, I just also want to say like, I'm not in, tr- I don't, I don't right. know how to well, really that say in, that. I think that falls in line with what he said, where it's like, if you don't like the, if you don't, if we're not satisfying what you expect out of a restaurant, then yeah. just don't go back to that restaurant, you know, kind yeah. of thing. So my other. There's only so many patio tables, right? And it's like. Yeah. It's like um, the unreasonable hospitality has its limits, right? Like, like it's, there's, yeah. I'm not, we're not building an extra table, you know, because <laughs> you forgot to make a reservation, right? It's yeah. just like. I think that for me without like getting too like upset about it because (laughs) I want people to have a good time. Uh, I want people to have a good time, but you can't control how somebody comes into your business and the the feelings and the emotion and the baggage that they're, they're weighing their experience on. So, I mean, you can't change that. Right. But (laughs) what kind of people are coming? But what, but really though, like any person who's like, I'm coming in for my birthday, I'm like, yes. So it's 30 other people. And I'm in, we're in charge of their experience. So it's just something what, before I get like into a tangent about complaining, what I really am answering this question is, is that something I wish that, our guests and customer knew something I wish that everybody knows is that is what I learned in like my yoga teacher training is that we're all human. Like we're not bad because we make mistakes. We're not wrong or bad at our jobs because circumstances happen. I think it's just like remembering like we're human and there'd be moments where somebody would make a mistake and be like, I was so human to me. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like obviously I'm not a machine. Right. Right. So I think that just remembering that we're all human beings, we all have emotions, we're all figuring out life on our own. I think that can really take you back to a place where you make more sound decisions and judgments. Um, Just remembering like that we're all human. I think, and a lot of what you guys are saying too is that you, being in industry, you carry that as you treat other service workers, whether you're, it's healthcare or DMV, like these different places that you're mentioning. I think being in service and seeing how different it can be from a what a customer sees to what someone in industry sees. Like I think we're we're saying that there's a perspective that we like we we're gaining a perspective. We know it's so different that we know that there's so many things we don't know, and so you can give that grace easier mm-hmm. to another service worker. And I think in the same realm, I mean, I guess this is just kind of phrased differently. But for me, when I think about this, like what I wish people knew, at least at Kasama, when I look at my team and I look at the people I'm around, is like how much love goes into everything. And like, yeah, there's a lot of hard work that like they don't understand or there's things that you don't understand. Um, But like, yes, the croissant you made, like I can tell you who laminated it and made that dough. And then the next person who made the ganache that filled the like like how many hands have to touch it how many how much hard work like hard work how many people are trying like kind of what you're saying tom trying to give you this experience um and to feel like 
obviously they can't see that all, like how many different people have gone into loving this little croissant or whatever it might be. Um, so I think, I think um, when you don't see that, it's easy to be impatient. It's easy to only care that you waited an extra two minutes at your table or you know, whatever that might be. Um, but yeah, I guess just wishing that people knew how much love was going into making things. I love that you bring that up because I feel like it brings us back to like the podcast of like another important reason of why we're doing this is because maybe you don't see that and maybe this podcast can give you that, right? Mm -hmm. Can give you the stories about the people who are spending like, you know what I mean? You come into Perla, you have a great time, but it's like little do you know that they were in the industry long before that learning everything that they needed to get to this place. So. Right. I love that. I love that you touched on that because that's so true as we like have sat down with some incredible people um, from all different industries that are at the point of where they are. It's so easy for us to like look at someone and just kind of capture a like a frame of who this person is and where they are and to be like um, and Andy just brought this up the other day about like it's it's so easy for us to look at a person and be like, wow, look at this person. He's successful. He's got multiple businesses. He's, he's right where he needs to be. Right. And we just kind of take him at that value or her at that value. And we're not considering that 20 years of grinding it out day to day, clocking in, clocking out, coming in with the same vigor and attitude and perseverance to, you know, put in perfect work every single day. And that's, an, that's, that's what's happened here, right? Like 20 years I've been in this, over 20 years I've been in this industry. You know, that's, it's not just the four years of Perilla. It's not just where I am today. It's like, it's, you know, just something I'm reminded of as I'm kind of working with my team here. It's, it's, there's just so much that goes behind the scenes. And I wish guests... You know, not, not to keep this thing so negative because I felt like... <laughs> Let's go back. <laughs> because I because it was. Um, and that's only because of a, a, a recent, we care. recent review that I just <laughs> read. Um, and this person was, mis was misunderstood. Like this person was confused, you know, and had some expectation coming into this place. And, you know, I would encourage people that are dining out to just like you would anything, like you're about to give money to this person, this business, right? Like if it was like a $150 flight, you're doing your pretty pretty good research on like, oh, where am I landing? What am I taking? Where am I sitting? <laughs> oh, where am I landing? You know, um, you're doing your homework, right? I would encourage people instead of just like blindly, blindly making a reservation somewhere, go somewhere with intention, right? Like I think intention is such an important value that we should all have, like have, being mindful and being, you know, having intention in what you're doing and like going to a business, I think should, that should be, that should be included. Like try to understand what the business is trying to do. Like there's literally literature on their website explaining what they're, what they are, who they are, what their focus is on, you know, so you have a better understanding of like the experience you're about to have. Right. I mean, I'm kind of guilty of it myself when it comes to like movies. I don't like watching previews. I hate previews. I want to go into it blind, um, you know. And but I'm but I'm just taking taking it for what it is. And maybe that's someone's else's approach out there, even for dining. 
Um, but maybe have just like an open-mindedness, you know, and, and a courage to ask questions when you're in the space and in the restaurant to just be like, hey, what what is it about this place? Like, what do you want people to experience here? And that's, I really was one of the biggest catalysts for this podcast was to like let chefs and operators and, um, you know, professionals in their field explain, you know, have their moment, have their soapbox to be like, hey, this is what I want you to to know about me and what I what I want you to know about my business that I'm that I'm working hard on um, or where where my career is, you know, and what what my work is intended to be. So just like humanizes it, too. Mm-hmm. So if you do the research and you care about where you're going, it's less of like, oh, I went to this restaurant and it, and it sucked or whatever. But it's like it's more of like, oh, I met the chef. I talked to them. I had a great experience. Like, I know why they're doing it. I respect the people that work there. Um, but there are also businesses that don't put love behind it. Absolutely. So. Be I, mindful. Be mindful and like. Yeah, look into it. Yeah, Maybe or it, I mean, even the other side of it too, right? Where you just, you just want to eat something. You just want yeah. that Starbucks. <laughs> like, yeah. quick, yeah. easy. And, I think maybe the expectation might be too high. Expectation. I get it. If it's like you're paying $250 for a dinner, then you should have a fucking expectation, right? But if it's like, hey, I'm spending $5 on a cheeseburger, it's like, oh, and they messed up here. There's like, well, you can shut the fuck up yeah. and <laughs> just ask them to fix it for shut you. Shut the fuck up. Um, yeah, but also, takeaway, guys. something I want, I want customers and guests to remember. <laughs> Or to know is um, to remember. Don't you forget about it. Don't you forget. Uh, it's just like these reviews, right? <laughs> it's it's and uh, Thomas was touching on it. And he was being being very mindful of what he was saying, but it's like, yes, we get these messages that we wake up to, right? It's like, oh, one star review. They're like, this isn't fucking Korean food, and it's just like, oh, cool, thank you. You know, that's how I start my day. But it's like you're. For you, it's just uh, you're just speaking on your experience and whatever, fine. But for us, you're publicly crucifying this restaurant, you know, this business, and it's like that's not cool. Like if if we were allowed to do that to the, our customers or our guests and put like their worst moment on record forever, like they would maybe feel a little bit differently how they were responding to their experiences, right? And like how they're addressing these issues, because like we said we're this place is not operating solely on machinery there's there's people here that are making these experiences happen and you know just like our guests we are not perfect and we are human and we mess up all the time just like they you probably fucked up at your job all day before you got some work (laughs) that's why you need a break so bad exactly you know and it's just like like you know just be more understanding, you know, and, and have more empathy, right? It's just like, and, and look look at the fucking mirror, right? Like, you're not, you're not fucking perfect. God. <laughs> and but, with that. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. I did go to Starbucks and pull this dramatic scene because the coffee wasn't the way it was supposed to be. Yeah. I yeah, wasn't just, mean, but yeah. I wasn't a nice person. When you threw the coffee in that little young person's <laughs> face. <laughs> what? what you're talking about? Uh, no, but I think... What, it, what I, it reminds me of, too, is that, like, 
I think what ha- what happens a lot or you could have a bad experience. You can write a review. You could even forget that you wrote a terrible review and you walk away and it doesn't affect you. Right. Um, and I guess part of the plea here seems to be it affects us, you know? <laughs> Please I don't know, but stop I mean, I think, making I think reviews this, under In the same way, steps. this is going to sound really crazy, but I feel like um, in the same way that I feel like sometimes someone says chink to you, right? Whoa. And oh, like carry the sound that with or you. the racial slur. <laughs> the racial slur. <laughs> they, they, um, you, like there, there are moments that you carry with for the rest of your life that that person will never even remember having right. told you. And I'm, I'm sorry, right. I don't mean to equate reviews to racism. <laughs> it's not to others. Here, but I think I, I'm just trying to say, um, I think it's easy to write a review out of emotion, out of anger, or whatever, and for like it doesn't affect you anymore when it really severely or intensely can affect restaurants yeah. yeah i think we have we have this policy also it's just like praise in public and uh criticize or critique in private right so it's like if if there is a problem like address talk to the restaurant call the restaurant and be like hey you know and if you i'm not saying just leave good reviews but i am kind of saying just good <laughs> but if you have like anything negative to say or if it's like or i understand when they don't give a fuck and they're just like it's just a shitty restaurant and the the owners don't care the servers don't care the you know um then it's understood but like for the most part restaurants like tom alluded to are not trying to give you a shitty experience like the goal actually is to provide a great experience believe it or not uh so it's i guess i don't know just do a i would say maybe put some effort into emailing the restaurant versus a yeah. one-star review. I think it's also very helpful, like, now that you say that, is, like, even being a front-of-house server, like, if something's wrong and I can't read your mind or, like, your body language isn't telling me, like, I don't know if there's something wrong. So just, like, if you were to go to any other business and there is a mistake, feel free to, like, let your server know or let somebody know that, something's up right you don't go to a store and then they ring you up for the wrong thing and you're like hey you don't not say anything so i think like as a diner maybe people don't feel comfortable saying something and online they do so maybe that's just like another piece of advice of like we want to be better and grow so if there's something that we can work on or if you have like a, an opinion on something like if you're willing to share it online like share it with your server share it with somebody um and make it more constructive rather than harmful yeah. Uh, I love just to wrap this whole uh, kind of section up in, uh, in a positive way. Um, I had a guest a couple of weeks ago that came in and was like, just came out, you know, I'm sure took some courage for her and in front of her group of, you know, it was a four, four top. So four people on the, on the table. And she's just like, I have never done this before. And I'm so excited to see, how you can show me how to best enjoy this, right? And, like, I think just, like, putting that out there, putting herself out there, making showing a little bit of vulnerability and being, like, I would love to learn how to do this the right way. Um, again, just kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier, right? Like, look into things. Like, be proactive in your own way, right? Like, um, and I think a lot of that you'll see will be very fruitful for you, so... Um, to wrap this up, uh, we want to just do a little bit of community shout out time. 
Shoutouts is just a, a practice that, um, you know, I, I want to probably shout out Rich Melman for this. This is probably his thing that I picked this up uh, when I was working at Let Us Entertain You for a little bit. And it's something that I've carried with me here at our restaurant and something that we, we love on the show here as well. Um, so just an opportunity to shout out anything that's positive, inspiring, could be someone, could be something, could be a moment. Um, it's just a little reminder of, I, I always look at it as like a practice of gratitude is what a shout out is. So um, does anyone have a shout out first right off the bat? I have three. Okay. <laughs> I have three. Uh, my first shout out is going to Lula Cafe because I love that restaurant. Um, Jason Hamill and oh, our wait, Lula Cafe. Is that what you said? Yeah. Okay. Yes. I totally heard La Cafe. <laughs> I, was I was like, like that's why I reacted the way I like, like looked at you. I was idiot, like, not on air. No. Um, I was like, no, there was a place called La Cafe too. When I, I think I about, <laughs> when I think about where to eat breakfast, brunch, uh, it's, dinner. it's Lula Cafe or it's nothing. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. And I don't like, I'm not throwing hate. It's just like, I, I'm found I have this like newfound love for eating at home and Lula Cafe just always has like new menu items. The service is always great. The food is always amazing and it's consistent. Ooh. And I just feel so comfortable knowing like if I want to enjoy a meal outside of my home, like I can go to Lula and I can I know I'm going to walk out of there super happy. And shout out to Ruth because she took care of us and she was oh, yeah, super Ruth. awesome. She was awesome. Um, and I have another shout out to you guys for spending your time. Um, yeah, spending your time, spending your life on this podcast. And then <laughs> shout out to Mary for feeding us this morning. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. And what was the place called, Mary? That oh, we... Gotham. Gotham Bagels. Gotham Bagels. Shout out to Gotham Bagels and shout out to Kevin Yu over at Kasama who recommended it. Those were my shout outs. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, was that was that all three of okay. We covered that. Yeah. Andy, Mary, do you guys have a shout out? Um, you know, I actually wanna highlight I will shout out um Theta in um up north. Margaret. With the chef Margaret, yes, and her husband Vinod. Um they're just wonderful people. They're ju uh, just Margaret has this like energy this spunk this just like um just this bright aura about her um and if you know this is just such a sweet man uh and they just mesh so well together and her food is incredible uh we had the pleasure of hosting a couple of pop-ups for them here at perilla um and they the first one line out the door um for i don't know three days or something and then the second one uh, was sold out right away. So um, definitely they have uh, a lot of support and a good following here in Chicago, but they just opened up their first brick and mortar. Uh, so I wanted to make sure people were aware and to give them a try because they are, her food is incredible and it's very, very, and it's, it's approved by Vinod and <laughs> he's just like, he's, he's a stickler about what his, it's, it's from his hometown. Um, I don't remember where his hometown is. It starts with a K. 
There it is. And uh, <laughs> but it's it's the flavor. It sounds like yes, Kerala. And the, Kerala. the flavors, I don't know, but I'm gonna say yes. But the flavors are are just so good and new and different. And I think it's a incredible addition to Chicago's food scene. And they do a lot of oh, uh, yeah. ve- vegetable forward dishes, like yes. for people who are looking for more vegetarian Vegan, options. Vegetarian yeah, options, yeah. and you would never know, right? Oh, it's or so or good. if you're not, because if you're just looking for delicious food, yeah. too. So, so good. And then I don't know enough about the area. but mm-hmm. um, I'm going to shout out Jeremy Yep. Um, yep, yep. Some of you guys Always. might not know who this incredible human being is, but um, he is um, an incredibly talented videographer and photographer. We had the pleasure of meeting him here at a pop-up that we did for Ramen Lord and Alex, um, French Guy Cooking. Um, so shout out to Alex and Mike, Mike. Satinover for bringing Jeremy into our life. Um, and even just like the act of like, so Alex threw out a tweet and was like, hey, is anyone in Chicago that could help me shoot? And Jeremy was like, I'm happy to help. Like this guy is just lending his hand always. Um, I'm sure, I hope he's he listens to this episode and knows all of us here on the In Process podcast team is incredibly grateful for all of the help, guidance, and support, and constant support um, of just through this whole process of getting us up and running, getting our helping us with the gear, um, and just you know giving us his time and happily, um, yeah, happily giving us his time. So big shout out to Jeremy and his and his wife, Lindsay. Uh, Lindsay, yes. Um, following that, I would also say a shout out to Jenny Salida, um, who is helping us as well with some editing, um, editing and just, um, she's been an inspiration just to see how she can capture nature through, she's a photographer and, um, editor and things. And, uh, to be able to see how well she can capture like a moment, whether it's uh, a sunrise and just the way that you can see the fog fall over the water. It's, it's very beautiful. Um, and also a shout out to Gangnam Market. It's um, oh, yeah. <laughs> a this grocery store just down. Town. Yeah, yeah. It's just down the street from me. And um, just to feel so seen and represented to be able to walk down snack aisle, the snack aisle and be like, whoa, like <laughs> I never thought I could live in the middle of a city and be able to eat my melon uh, melon bar. <laughs> like just d- different things, I think. Um my roommate also very much enjoys the K-pop that plays while we're walking around. But, um, yeah, no, it's shout out to having that just down the street. Cool. And, <laughs> and shout out to all of you guys, um, and especially anyone that's downloading and listening to this episode. Um, you know, we understand that this is your time and, you know, you can choose to do with it as you please. And so we're incredibly grateful that you've decided to tune into this episode and check out our first episode. Um, We hope that you have a better understanding of who we are, um, each and every one of us, uh, this uh, this new format that we're shooting and recording allows us to have a little bit more flexibility and we hope that you're open to that. I know I'm sure some of you are probably sick and tired of listening to me and Andy just ramble on and on with our guests so you'll see in future coming uh future episodes that we've got coming um we're going to mix up the the host table a little bit and we'll have um 
any one of us four here sitting down with a guest and really diving into who they are, what drives them, you know, how they got to where they are and really understand the process in their own journey. Um, and we are incredibly excited. We have some really cool guests lined up already. Um, and also a big shout out to Chio Takamoto and Cocotel Collective for being our very first sponsor to this show. Um, we're so grateful for um, your trust in us and for allowing us to make this show happen. Um, should you also be interested in helping out and lending a hand, um, please reach out to us. Uh, you can reach us through DM, which would be on Instagram at In Process Podcast or on in email, uh, which would be info, I-N-F-O, at inprocesspodcast at gmail.com. Um, and throw us a little shout out. Like, let us know what's going on. If, you know, we like kind of threw this out in past episodes and we're like, hey, what do you think? What do you want to hear? Like, let us know. Um, just don't do it on Yelp. Or Google business. Um, let us know directly and let us know how we can do something that maybe you find interesting. Or Unless it's a five-star review. Then yeah, or you could do that. And definitely if you're listening to this episode and you've made it to this point, that means you give a shit. So we're really thankful for you. And take a moment and throw us a nice little five-star review on whichever platform you're listening to us on. Um, those little things, like I'm go such a long way and sharing this podcast with people that you feel like could use a little inspiration from some of the guests that we're going to have on by all means, please do that. You can find us on our YouTube channel. We'll be posting up all of our full episodes up there. Um, so thank you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. See you later. All right. Peace guys. Beep, 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 pop, 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 beep, beep. Mm. This is the end mm. podcast. Mm. Oh.